0: Father, we just thank you for this time to come and gather around your word and feast. And I just pray, Father, that you would use me tonight. I have nothing of value to say unless you touch it and anoint it and give it to me. So, Father, we thank you for unctioned by the Holy Spirit tonight. We thank you for anointing my words. And I just pray that ears would be open to receive, that you would open our eyes and help us learn of you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I been, was praying about this and kind of studying about this, the title to the message that I got was "Go Get Your Own." Oh, Doesn't that sound loving and kind and generous and gracious? Go get your own. <laughs> so <laughs> now you're interested, aren't you? Really interested what it's going to be. And the subtitle was "Fake It Till You Make It." <laughs> So, um, in case you want to know what the actual subject is, it's faith. (laughs) So, we're going to talk about faith tonight. But the main gist of it that we're going to get to, and we're going to tie it all together at the end, is really go get your own. And we're going to look at that tonight. So, faith, uh, as I was looking at different verses that we'll get to in a minute, which I didn't give to PowerPoint person, I'm really sorry, but um, faith is a firm persuasion. Another definition of it is a moral conviction of the truthfulness of God. It's an assurance. It's a belief. And so the first section of Scripture we're going to look at tonight is Mark 11. So if you'll turn to Mark 11, we're going to read in verse 22. It says, Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. But when you stand praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Please tell me that wasn't my phone. Sometimes I'm forget- I get so nervous about leaving the ringer on on my phone. So that sounded like my ding, so I'm really sorry. But that verse 22, it says, have faith in God. And that can also be um, translated, agree with God. Okay? Yeah. To have confidence in God, trust God, and yield to God. Those are some other definitions of that word there. So have faith in God. Agree with God. Let's go to Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 is the great hall of faith. It talks about all those different great, mighty men of faith and their acts of faith. But the verse we want to look at here is, as we lay this foundation of "Go Get Your Own," is verse six. And it says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God." Because he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God. And that word please means to gratify entirely or be fully agreeable to. So without faith, it's impossible for us to gratify God entirely. Without a firm persuasion, it's impossible for us to be entirely agreeable to God. And I want to present it to you this way is that the language that God speaks is faith. And in order for us to agree with God or have faith in God or speak his language, we have to be speaking faith if somebody came in here right now, looked me in the face and started to speak to me in French, there's no way I could agree with them. I would have no clue what they were saying because they wouldn't be speaking my language. When we go to Hawaii <laughs> and you talk to some of those surfers, they have their own language. I just look at them and I nod and pretend like I know what they're talking about and then I move on and think, what in the world? Because they're not speaking my language. My, Cowley, Mainland, Ohio, Midwestern language. They're speaking their own language. So faith is God's language. And we need to be able to speak his language to be in agreement with him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, to believe him, to have faith. Another word for that, another definition for that word believe there is entrust one's spiritual well-being to Christ. Without faith, Without a firm persuasion, it's impossible to entrust our, it's impossible to please him because he who comes to God must believe. We must have and entrust our spiritual well-being to him because we believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Does it say he's a rewarder of those who just accept him? which he does, he rewards us with his presence. But you want that extra something-something? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and that means to search him out, to investigate him, to crave him, to worship him, to require him. Exceedingly and vehemently. Without faith, it's impossible to believe him, or to please him. We must believe that he exists, Entrust our spiritual well being to Him and believe that He's a rewarder of those who diligently crave Him, require Him, and worship Him. So we're talking about faith here tonight. Let's go to James chapter 2. Faith, we need it. We're going to start reading in verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? You know that word save is salvation, deliver, redeem, save. Verse 17, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough, unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have works? I will show you my faith by my works. If you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without works is useless? Faith without works is useless. He goes on and talks about Abraham. He said, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his faith? No, it doesn't say that. If you have your Bible open and you're looking at it, it says he's shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see we are shown to be right with God by what we do not by faith alone. Hang with me it gets better. <laughs> Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also the faith is dead without good works. And so we want to look at these real quick because we're going to get to get your own. Genesis 22 is the story of Abraham that he's referring to, where, he, where Abraham offered his son. Remember Abraham, God promised his son. 25 years later, he finally has Isaac. He has Ishmael in between there, you know. So God appears to him and he says, Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. God got real specific with him. Because he didn't want him to take Ishmael. (laughs) I would have probably taken Ishmael. (laughs) If you had to pick, you weren't going to pick the son of promise, right? So God got real specific with him and told him, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go sacrifice him to me on the Mount of Moriah. And what did Abraham do? He immediately obeyed. He wrapped firewood on his donkey, grabbed his son, and off they went. And he got up to the mountain, and he laid him down there. He arranged the firewood. He laid him down on the, on the wood. He got his knife out to slay him. And the angel said, stop. And that's where we want to read. He said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, yes, here I am. And he said, don't lay a hand on the boy. Do not hurt him in any way, for now... I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me, even your son, your only son. Now I know. And that word know means to ascertain by seeing. Doesn't God know everything? Didn't God know he had faith? Didn't it look like faith when he was walking him up that mountain? Didn't it look like faith and obedience when he laid him on that altar? All of it was faith. But it wasn't until after he put action to the faith that God said, Now I know that you trust me. Faith without works is? What would have happened if if Abraham wouldn't have offered Isaac? What would have happened if he would have never put action to the faith? it would have stopped right there. (laughs) It would have stopped right there. All right, let's look at Rahab because he talked about Rahab as another example of putting action to your faith. And over in Joshua chapter 2, Rahab is the one who, when Moses sent the 12 spies in and they came back and only two had a good report, remember that? And then nobody over that age got to enter the promised land. So when Joshua, when it was his turn, he learned his lesson. He sent two spies in. <laughs> it's like, okay, we've got a better chance of both of them coming back with a good report. So he sends two spies in to spy out the land. And Rahab and Jericho brings them into her house to hide them. And this is what she says to them in verse 9. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk to them. I know the Lord has given you this land. She had faith. She believed. I know the Lord has given you this land. She told him, we are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sihon and Og and the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things, for the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me the guarantee that Jericho, when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all their families. So those words were her telling out of her heart, I believe that God is God. I believe that he's getting ready to destroy us. I believe in him. Have mercy on me. I want to live. So I am rescuing you. I am hiding you. I am putting action to my faith. I don't just believe it. I'm putting action to it. And what they told her in verse 17 was, we will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. So they said, we'll rescue you, but you have to do something. You have to follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave the scarlet robe hanging from the window through which you let us down, and then all your family members will be saved. And if you fast forward to when they march around seven times and the wall falls, her little scarlet thing is there, and they save her, the whole rest of the city gets destroyed. What would have happened if Rahab didn't put action to her faith? What would have happened to her family if she had, never, number one, taken the spies in and, number two, put the scarlet rope in the window? What would have happened if she didn't put action to her faith? She would have died, and you know what? She was in the godly line. When you read in the New Testament, the ancestors of Jesus, Rahab, the harlot, is one of them. Faith without works is? Faith is an act, and if you read through the Bible, the majority of the miracles have an act of faith with it, right? Jericho, God gave a battle plan to Joshua, march around the city one time a day for six days and don't say a word, and that's a miracle in itself. (laughs) I would probably have a hard time with that one. So that was his battle plan. And then on the seventh day, march around it seven times. And at the end of the seventh time, you would blow your trumpets and you shout and the walls are going to fall. And they fell. Why? Because they put action to the word, right? What would have happened if they hadn't marched? What would have happened if they gave up on the sixth march around the thing on the seventh day? What would have happened if they didn't shout? He was very specific in his instructions, and they followed them to the letter, and guess what happened? Breakthrough. There was a miracle, right? How about the widow, Elijah's widow? Elijah calls for a drought, (laughs) and God said, Go to the brook, and the ravens will feed you. So he went to the brook, and the ravens fed him, and then the brook dried up, and the ravens stopped coming. And God said, now go into Zarephath, I have commanded a widow to feed you. So he goes into Zarephath looking for the widow, right? And he finds a widow and he goes, would you bring me a cup of water? And she goes, sure. Would you bring me some bread? And she's like, no, I, I only have enough to make one more loaf of bread and my son and I are going to eat it. We're going to die. Okay, that's a nice to-do list. <laughs> Get him some water, make a loaf of bread, die. I, this is not my, what I want on my to-do list today. And he said, I'll tell you what, you make that bread for me first and you'll never lack. It won't run out. So what would have happened if she would have went home, made a loaf of bread, and ate it with her son? They would have? <laughs> but she put action to the word of God and breakthrough came. And a miracle came. And they had flour and oil until the drought was over and the land was producing again. They had a daily miracle for years because she obeyed the word of the prophet. Without actions, wait, faith without works are, is? Okay. How about the widow and the oil? The widow was in debt. They were coming to take her two sons. She goes to the prophet Elisha, and she's like, help me. And he told her, go to all your neighbors, go to the whole community, and borrow vessels, jars, mason jars. Go get some mason jars. Don't just get a few. So she went and she borrowed them, and guess what? He said, go in, shut yourself in your house, line them all up, and pour the oil. So she started. I wonder what she was thinking. (laughs) You know, I would say, well, at least I'm in here by myself and no one's watching me. <laughs> so if it doesn't work, <laughs> no, at least no one's laughing at me. But no, she put action to the word of the prophet, the word of the Lord. And what happened? There was a miracle. She filled them all. It was, she sold them. It was enough to pay her debt and then enough for her and her sons to live on. Say, God is faithful. How about Naaman? The leper, you know, comes to the prophet, says dip in the river Jordan seven times and you'll be healed. And he didn't want to. He was offended at that word because it wasn't like special enough. It wasn't spectacular enough. And Jordan's a dirty river. <laughs> he didn't want to do that. And somebody talked some sense into it and said, you know, if he have told you to do something, you know, cool, you would totally have gone and done it. So just go do it. Give it a try. What can it hurt? Dips in the River Jordan seven times, comes out completely healed. What would have happened if he wouldn't have dipped? He'd have gone home with leprosy, wouldn't he? Faith gives action to the power, right? Faith is what pulls the power of God from heaven to earth. But faith without works is? And I like the NLT. It calls it useless. Faith without works is useless. What about Jesus turning water into wine? Jesus or Mary goes to Jesus, it's your time. They're out of wine. He goes, it's not my time. And she just turned nicely to the servants and says, do whatever he says to do. She's like, yeah, it's your time. <laughs> Trust me, I'm your mom and mamas know. It is your time. So he said, all right, fill these water pots with water, draw it out, Take it to the master of the feast. What would have happened if they would have never filled them? No wine. What if they wouldn't have drawn it out and taken it to the master? It wouldn't have turned into wine. It wasn't until after they obeyed that the miracle happened. Are you getting this? Are we together? Are are you feeling me? Healing of the ten lepers. I only have one or two more. Healing of the ten lepers. He said, go and show yourself to the priest and you'll be healed. So all ten of them went, and they were healed as they went. One of them came back and worshipped him. What would have happened if they wouldn't have gone to the priest? No miracle. Faith without works is? They all acted on the word of God for them. All right, let's go to Matthew 15. And this is the story of the Syrophoenician woman the Gentile woman, in verse 20-something, 21, it says, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and a Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. How's that for grace and mercy? Then his disciples urged him to send her away. They Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Compassion right there. <laughs> Gosh, we'd get written up in the paper if we treated anyone like that. And then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. And Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. He called her a dog. Can you imagine Jesus calling you a dog? Oh, can you imagine calling somebody a dog? Have you ever wanted to call somebody a dog? (laughs) So when you were feeling that feeling of wanting to call someone a dog, would you have called that love? no but we know jesus always operated in love didn't he okay she replied that's true (laughs) how about humility that's true lord but even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall from beneath the master's table and he said dear woman your faith is great and your request is granted Now this was a Gentile woman, so when she came into him and fell at his feet and said, have mercy on me, son of David, she was only repeating what she had heard someone else say. You know why? He wasn't her Lord. He was the son of David. He was sent and he meant it to the house of Israel. He was not her Lord. She wasn't operating in her word from the Lord. She'd probably heard a story of how the blind Bartimaeus or one of the blind men said, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he called them over and healed them. So it stirred her to want something from him. He wasn't her Lord. That wasn't her faith. So what he was saying was, go get your own. So he called her, he ignored her at first. And then he called her a dog. Why? Why? Because he was peeling back all those layers to get to her faith. Because in the end, he said, Your faith has gotten this for you. And it's so easy to operate on what somebody else did. Have you ever heard a story of somebody who got hands laid on him in church and the Holy Spirit told him to go throw their medicine away and they did? And they were completely healed. And then somebody heard that and they went home and threw their medicine away and they were sicker? (laughs) He doesn't want us to operate on his word to someone else. He wants us to know him and get the word from him. What would have happened if another leper came after Naaman that day and dipped in the River Jordan seven times? Nothing. Nothing. It wasn't the word of the Lord to them. I have an uncle who does real estate, flips houses, sells them, all that kind of stuff. And for years, he would tell us, you need to do this. This is really profitable. You need to do this. God told me to do this, and it's really been profitable for me. You need to do this. I go, yeah, but the key words were there, God told you. (laughs) I think about doing that and I want to throw up because that's not God's word for me, right? So what would have happened if the next person got married and just filled up all these water pots with water and (laughs) drew it out and took it to the master of ceremonies? Nothing. They would have been drinking water because that wasn't God's word to them. Go get your own. But you know what? Sometimes it's okay to fake it till you make it, <laughs> and sometimes it's okay to hear those stories of what God has done and let it stir your faith, because it gets you going in the right direction. And that got the Syrophoenician woman going in the right direction, but God was like, mm, Jesus, was like, that's not—it's not quite right. And He didn't even respond to her. Why? Because she was acting. She was only saying what she heard someone else say. It wasn't until he peeled all those layers back and she goes, okay, I am a dog, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. There it is, and your faith has has healed your daughter. Take it and go. We need to get our word from God, right? Right? Even if you're facing the same thing at different times, even it seems like the same situation, the strategies of God can be different. One time David was facing the Philistines and he went and sought the Lord for a battle plan and the Lord gave him a plan, go straight ahead and attack. And then a couple you know, chapters later, it says the Philistines were coming against them and David sought the Lord to get a battle plan. Same thing. Same Philistines coming at him, And God said, go around this way and attack. Different strategy. How about the two widows? They both had a need, but God met it in completely different ways. We need to get our word from God. When the lepers came to Jesus, those 10 lepers, he didn't tell them, all right, let's think, let's think. What happened in the Old Testament? What's been done before? Okay, go dip in the River Jordan. I remember, God did that for Naaman. This is how he heals leprosy, so you need to go do the same thing. No, he gave him a different word. We need to get our own word. And the reason I wanted to really share this tonight is because it's good for us, and we need to know this for us. How many of you are believing God for something? And we need to know that we can use our faith. And we need to know that Without, action, or without actions, faith is dead, it's useless, that we need to combine actions with our faith for us, for our healing, for our provision. But there's more at stake in these last days than just us receiving something from God, right? We need faith to minister life. We need faith to minister miracles, why didn't Moses get to enter the promised land? Did not. Why did he not? In, no, in Numbers 20, in Numbers 20, he had already, they had already faced a situation where they needed water. And he said, take the staff, hit the rock, water will come out. And it happened. And so here we are, fast forward to Numbers 20, we're in the same situation right? We need water. We're standing at a rock, and God told Moses, take your staff and speak to the rock. He was wanting to demonstrate the power of words to Israel. Take your staff, stand there, speak to the rock, and water will come out. But what did Moses do? He struck it twice, and God in his mercy brought water from that rock for his people, but he turned immediately to Moses and said, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness, you will not enter the promised land because you didn't trust me enough to perform the miracle. Why? Why? Because God needed someone who knew him, who knew his voice, who trusted him, and who would be willing to immediately obey precisely the word of God. Why? Because his battle plans did not always make sense to the natural mind. His battle plans for miracles were questionable to the natural mind. If Joshua had took just a minute to think that through in the natural Okay, he said march, 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 march. <laughs> hmm, that's really not going to do anything. If he had even just taken a millisecond to think that through. If he had done what had been done before, which is what Moses did. He had been in that situation. He did what he did before. But he did not trust him enough to demonstrate his power. And so he didn't get to experience the miracle. He didn't get to experience the promised land as the possessed land. It was always just a promised land to him. He never got to see it as possessed because he didn't trust. We need to trust him. Let me just say he's not going to ask you to go out and do some weird woo-woo thing tomorrow if you have never heard his voice before. Right? A lot of this starts in private. Where, did, where was the first time that Moses heard from God? Was it in public? Was it in Pharaoh's court? It was on the back side of the desert when he was all by himself. And there was a burning bush, and he turned aside to look, and he had that long converse, amazing conversation with God, and God said, "Put your hand in your coat, pull it out, and it's leprous. Now put it back, and it's not. Pick up that stick turns into a stake put it back he got to test all that out where in private god's not going to make a fool of you he's not going to expect you to trust him with to be able to lift a hundred pound weight when you've never even lifted a five pound weight okay so let's just bring this all into perspective (laughs) but that doesn't mean that you can't start Sometimes I have words for people. Sometimes I get words on the front. Okay, God wants to do this. God wants to minister this. God wants to heal this. But you know why? Because for 25 years, I've been prophetically praying in my closet. If you would read my journals, you would see some of the things prayed out ahead of time, and then God did it. And then he led me to pray it, and then something happened. And he led me to And it was almost scary. But he's got to know he can trust you. But you've got to know you can trust him. And he's looking for someone who's going to immediately obey the promptings and the unctions of the Holy Spirit in these last days to minister life, to minister miracles and signs and wonders. We're praying for him to pour it out. Guess who's pouring it out through? Not just us. (laughs) There's not enough of us. We would get tired real fast if we were the only ones. He's going to use his whole body. And so we, do we need faith for us? Yes. But he, will he find faith in the earth? When he comes, will he find faith in the earth? That doesn't mean someone just praying for their needs. That means someone who's willing to trust him enough to do what he says just like Jesus did. Let me just finish up real quick. Skip, 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 skip. Romans ten seventeen. <laughs> Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is built in relationship. Faith comes by hearing, not just by reading, but by following these words back to the mouth that spoke them. That word hearing means hearing and understanding. And another definition is is the same one. Remember, I don't know how many of you were here when we talked about Lazarus that one time, talking about abiding, where he said, he's at Lazarus tomb, Jesus. And he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. You always hear me. Same word here, to be in the audience of. Faith comes by being in the audience of The word of God. Who's the word? Got to follow the word back to the mouth that spoke it. That's where the word becomes spirit and life. That's where it comes alive on the inside of you. That's where faith and trust and learning his voice and knowing that he's the one speaking. That's where that all is developed in relationship. Not just in church on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, which is good. It's in relationship, a continual, 24-7 relationship with the Word. The written Word and the Word made flesh. Faith is built in relationship, and that's the same kind of faith. Have the faith of God. Have faith in God. The same kind of faith that Jesus had, so that we'll be able to say like he did, Father, I'll do what I see you doing, And I'll say what I hear you saying. Amen? Amen. It's a closeness. It's an intimacy. It's a relationship with the word. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you for tonight, for your unction, for your faith, for your presence, Father, that we can have a relationship with the word, not just the written word, but you. We're so thankful, Father, that you go home with us, that the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God that lives in us, goes out of here with us, breaks this apart, brings it back to us, helps us to understand these words that you preach tonight. And Father, I just pray that each one of us as we go through our week now would just come in to such an intimacy with you, have such a hunger for your word a hunger to know you more to walk with you more to walk in faith more so that we can say here we are lord send us you can use us you can use us to minister life and power and miracles in jesus name amen are you ready gonna go get your own (laughs) so that you can stop faking it (laughs) till you make it amen god's good all right All right, well, you're dismissed.